0: one By the way, that was uh, the President of the Southern Baptist Convention, J.D. Greer. Not sure if, uh, uh, if that matters at all to you, or if you care about that. But um, also, pastor at Summit Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. And so, uh, we're, we're doing this series, just focusing on making an impact on one person. Uh, we, we don't have to change the whole world, but just one person at a time. God has asked us to make an impact. And so, as we talk about sharing your story, as we talk about making a difference. Um, you know, sometimes the word evangelism comes up, and, and evangelism, uh, you know, is, is related to the Greek word, which means, you know, good news, and it has this idea of sharing the good news. And a lot of times, uh, it's something that both Christians and non-Christians have in common. They both hate it, right? People are like, oh boy, evangelism. You know, like, oh man, let's let's just close our eyes, let's just not do this. Uh, but it's kind of interesting, and um, uh, and here I'm going to have you guys. Um, uh, let's see, we'll start on this end. Um, we're going to have you guys uh, stand up. We'll start with Miss Lona. Go ahead, you guys, stand up, Miss Lona, just right where you are. And, and Bonnie, Isaiah, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Okay, and you get to stay seated for this round. Uh, st- studies show us that in Christians, people who say they're believers, yes, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, 9 out of 10 say sharing the good news, living on purpose as a light and sharing the gospel is an important thing. I know I, I, I need to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm called to do it. I'm expected that 9 out of 10 believe that's important. However, you can sit down. You may sit down. You may sit down. You may sit down. You may sit down. April may sit down. Iceman, you sat down too early. I'm just kidding. You're good. You ladies may stay setting up. Researchers, barn on these folks who have done the research, they say that only 2 out of 10 actually do it on a regular basis. Two out of ten Christians, people who profess, I believe in Jesus, a follower of God, only two out of ten do it on a regular basis. You ladies may have a seat. And I get why only two out of ten do it. I I get why the majority of us sit down. Because if we're honest, it's kind of weird, right? We have this idea for evangelism. Have you heard the word evangelist? Most of us get a bad idea in our mind, right? Maybe for you it's a sandwich board. Not a sandwich that somebody's wearing. It's a big cardboard thing that's called a sandwich board that somebody wears. Maybe you've seen these guys before. And on one side, maybe it says "Repent and Believe," and on the back side, it says "Turn or Burn." Right? And they're out there trying to, you know, give literature to people. And and that's the idea that we get when it comes to evangelism. It's kind of like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that girl. Or there used to be a guy that that he would he would set up where I lived over in Norfolk uh, or um, Military Highway, and he would. He would set up this area and he would like circle himself in with those same kind of signs. It would be like, you know, repent, believe, turn or burn, uh, this sort of stuff. And he'd just surround himself with these signs. Um, and, and then he would stand out there like with the Bible or with something. I don't know. And just sort of like as cars are driving by, I don't know, yelling. At me, I don't know what he was saying because I was driving. It was very difficult to understand what the man was saying. And um, and so he, he would do that. And maybe that's the idea that's in your head. And, and it's it's weird. And it's like, I, I don't want to be that person. I don't know that that's. And so what we said is, listen, this is not what evangelism necessarily is. Evangelism is simply you telling your story about what God has done for your life. How many of you can tell a story in here? Some of y'all are like, I, I, can, I, I tell stories all the time, right? Some, some wives are like, oh, my husband tells all kinds of stories. Let me tell you what, because he went fishing one time, and, um, and it was this big right? And, uh, you know, we, we tell all kinds of stories, you know, and, and we don't have a problem telling stories about things that we've done or where we've been, and uh, but telling the story of God. And what we said is, listen, we've got to change our assumption. Evangelism is is simply engaging in a conversation that God has already started. God is speaking because love, God loves people and love is always communicating, right? If you have children or family members and you love them, you communicate with them, don't you? I hope you don't have any family members that you say, "I love that person," but I hadn't talked to them in 40 years. I've got something to tell you. There's a problem, right? And uh, and, and so I get why a, a lot of people sit down because it's 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 weird um, and and it's hard. Some of us are like, man, what if they ask me a question that I don't know? What if they ask me about you know um, uh, creation and and evolution, or what if they ask me about something? This? and so it's. It's like, man, I, they may ask me some questions I don't, but remember, you're just called to tell your story. You don't have to have all the answers about the Bible. That's okay. People can respect that, to be honest with you. Some people say, you know what? I don't have the personality for it. I don't have the personality for it, right? You know, like there are some people, they gotta, they, they're got like, they like you, Pastor they're gregarious. They're outgoing. They talk to anybody, and and that's the kind of personality you need for this, special work, And uh, but I don't have the personality. But let me ask you this. How many of you... Uh, don't have the personality for telling the truth. Right? We don't get out of that one, right? Like, you lied to me. It's just in my personality. I mean, sorry, I, I don't have a truth-telling personality, right? How many of us use that for, like, kindness, right? You know, I just get out of being kind to of people. I, just, I can just be a, a jerk to people anytime and um and just push them around, knock around, I just... Waiting, waiting in line at the grocery store. You know, I'm kind of tired of waiting in line. You just shove the person in front of you, kick their cart over, and just I'm here to check out, right? Just, well, you can't do that, right? Well, it's just my personality, right? We don't say that. Uh, we we don't, we don't say, hey, you know, the Bible commands us to be generous and to give. Be like, I don't have a giving personality. Sorry, God, I just right. It's like it's like we we kind of twist this stuff, and and then you know, finally, some of us think I don't have that gift, right? I don't have the gift, like probably. You know, probably like maybe some like Brother Pete Peters. He's one of our elders. You know, he's got the gift of of evangelism. He might just sneeze, and like ten people get saved around him. You know, he's like I chew. and all of a sudden people are like believing. You know, and um, oh look at that, this <laughs> salvation germs just everywhere. And I uh, appreciate that. But listen, we we want to demystify what this evangelism is, and and I believe that as as God continues to work in us. That it, that it won't be two out of ten. It'll be, you can stand up, Brother Luis. It'll be one out of ten. You can stand up, Stuart. Two out of ten. It'll be three out of ten. Amen? No, no, four four out of ten plaza family members. They're saying, you know what? I'm just, I'm not perfect, but I'm willing to tell my, I'm willing to focus on one person to make a difference. Five out of ten. Six out of ten. Seven out of ten. Pastor, I don't know how to count. Eight out of ten. Amen? Roll tie the Eight out of ten. No, no, no. Not just eight out of ten. Nine out of ten. You may stand up. And you may stand up, Miss Lona. Ten out of ten. Plaza family members saying, man, I'm willing to tell my story. And I don't have all the answers. I, I don't know everything. But but I know I can tell my story about what God has done for me. Amen? Hey, let's give these wonderful folks a round of applause. And um, you ladies and gents may be seated. And uh, please take a hand before you um, before you jump down for you uh thank you. thank you, wonderful plaza folks and so what if you will if you have a Bible, turn with me to the book of Acts. I appreciate you guys just did a great job sitting down, standing up I'm, that's really as, as hard as it is, right who's your one? If you have a Bible, uh, turn to the New Testament book of Acts and uh, Mr. Jim, if I can get some lights up here uh, that that would help me. Um, and maybe some of the other folks on, on the front, um, let there be light. Um, Acts chapter 8 is where we're going to be. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in front of you, a Pew Bible. That'll be page 917, uh, I, I believe. It's it's a different page number of my Bible, uh, So, but Pew Bibles uh, should be there. Acts chapter 8, if you need to use the table of contents, that'd be great. What we want to do is, is we want to look at this story of, of an average guy, right? An average guy who is simply telling his story, who is who is making a difference, whose life is being impacted. And so as you find the book of Acts, the title of, of the message is called Just Ask Phil. And uh, one of our worship team members, Miss Kay Diggerson, she was like, well, Phil, who's Phil? And I said, we're going to have Dr. Phil come today. And I um, know, and, uh, but we're not having Dr. Phil. It's, it's just Phil, okay? Because sometimes we get this idea that, again, you know, people you know, again—the the real super Christians, the, the people who have this stuff—they I mean, can, they are the ones that make a difference with their lives. And I'm just, you know what? I I, I want to sit in the back, Pastor. I want to sit in the back, and I, I don't want to bother anybody. I just want to, I just want to. I'm an introvert, and um, but let, I'm here to tell you that Amen. You have a story too, introverts, who prefer to sit in the back, because there're gonna be some other introverts who prefer to sit in the back with you. And when I come up to them, they are praying. They are praying that, that they will die of a heart attack right there, right? Because they're just like, this dude is already too much for me. And um, and, and so, listen, there, there are some other introverts, and you have a story to tell that God will use your story to change somebody else's life. And so there's this is guy named Phil, and we're going to see how Phil uh, changes somebody else's life in a major way. And I believe it's going to equip and encourage us to see how Phil taught us how to do it. We're going to learn how to do it. As average, everyday people, everyday Christians, God will use you in a major way, amen. So hopefully you had time to find Acts chapter 8. And uh, let's let's pick up in verse uh, 26. We'll put that on the screen as well. And it says this in verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip. He said, yo, Philip. That was my translation. No, he said, rise. Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. I don't I don't know. Maybe this is extra for you. This is free today. I won't charge anything for this. Sometimes God calls us to go to a desert place and we're thinking, oh, man, I I don't want to go to a desert place. It's hot in the desert. It's lonely in the desert. Um, I don't have enough sustenance in the desert. How many of you, amen, have been in a desert place before? Amen. Right. I, can I just let you know, sometimes when you're in the most uh, deserted, tested place, a trying time, a desolate place, God is going to use your life in an in even a greater way than you thought. Amen. Yeah. And uh, and so if you're in the desert, just some encouragement, because God is about to use Philip in a, in a way, really, honestly, to change an entire country. And it could be argued an entire continent. And um and so uh, this is a desert place. Verse twenty seven. And he rose and went. Don't you just love the obedience there? Just like these folks just sat down and stood up, right? He rose and went. That's that's all it takes. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning seated in his chariot. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, yo, Philip, go over and join this chariot. And so look what Philip does. So Philip ran to him. Some of you say, Pastor, I'm disqualified. I can't run. You can walk quickly. And um, So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, well, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the passage of Scripture that he was reading was this. and This is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. It says this, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. This is a prophecy about Jesus. In fact, when you read the rest of it, it's just beautiful because it talks about Jesus being pierced for our transgressions by his stripes. This is awesome stuff, but it says, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, like a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And this is a prophecy, again, about Jesus, written uh, over 500 years before Jesus uh, even came to the earth in human form. Verse 34, it says this, And the eunuch said to Philip, Philip, about who, I ask you, does the prophet say this is? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, beginning with the scripture, and he told him the good news about Jesus. As they were along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here is the water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariots to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he was baptized. Verse 39, and when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way. What? Rejoicing. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word inspired, written over time, but preserved perfectly. Truth, God, your word speaking to us human hearts. And so I pray, Father, that you would help a sinner like me communicate, Father, your truths. And I pray, God, that you would speak to myself and and to every person here. And uh, and I'm just going to ask as you're there in your seat with your head bowed and your eyes closed. I just ask you to have a little conversation. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, I'll just ask you to have a a small conversation with God and maybe say something to Him like this. Say, Lord, speak to me today. Lord, speak to me today. Just quietly there in your heart. Lord, speak to me today. And I'll say something like this. For for Lord, I intend to obey. I intend to obey. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in Your sight, O Lord, our Rock. In our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Just ask Phil. Just ask Phil, how do you do this? How do you do this? And well, it's it's really pretty simple. Again, remember, we're joining a conversation God has already begun. We're just joining a conversation God has already begun, and we're telling our story and telling God. So that's, that's the extent of, of what God is calling us to do as we focus on Making a difference one person at a time. So you can write this down if you're taking some notes. I'm not saying you have to get uh, uh, you have to take notes in order to get to heaven. I'm just saying, why take the chance? I mean, you know, don't don't do that. I'm just kidding. All right, number one, what we need is an open heart, open heart. What do you need in order to be like Phil? In order to make a difference in someone's life? In order to be a witness? To to have a a one and live a life that is is full of purpose, you need an open heart. That's really the first thing, right? I, I need you to know that, that genuine evangelism is not man-made. Listen to me now, because sometimes we get this twisted. we think we have to do all this stuff. We have to lead people to Jesus. We have to be this or something like that. No, genuine evangelism is not man-made. It's God-ordained, and we're just stepping into a calling that God has for us. And love, as I said earlier, is always communicating. God is always reaching out to his children. Every day he's calling his children back home. And he's communicating. And so when we get in line with the heart of God, when our heart is open, man, God can use us in great ways. Amen. So we need an open heart. Look at verse 26, back in the same text there of Acts chapter 8. It says this Now an angel of the Lord, who was speaking to Philip here? The Bible says, an angel of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, was speaking to Philip. But you know what? If Philip didn't have an open heart, he would not have. He wouldn't have heard that voice. Amen. And, and so to have an open heart means, man, we, we are hearing, God says, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, right? It said, rise and go toward the south. And, and he's speaking. God is speaking. He heard the voice of God. I want you to know that, that when it comes to testifying, when it comes to sharing our story, this is not like a willpower thing. Like, man, you know what? I'm going to get up in the morning. And, and God, you know, I'm I'm going to go tell 25 people about Jesus today. I'm going to do that today. That's not what this is about. This is about my heart being open to what God has for me. And and it's a heart that says this, God, in the morning, I know you have something for me today. I don't know what it is, but God, I'm yours. Lord, I'm just surrendering myself today. Whatever you have, my heart, God, is your heart. Please lead me. Please guide me today. Lord, what is your will for me today? And then just walking that calling. It's not it's not this I got to you know pull myself up by my bootstraps type thing, and I it's not an uh I have to, it's I get to, right? The, the got to is greater than the get to. We said that a few weeks ago. And then when you get to, then then you gotta do it, amen. And, and so an open heart. And, and I want you to know that that it's not us who leads people to Jesus, Jesus leads people to Jesus, amen. And so, and so we sometimes get this feeling like I've got to talk somebody into the kingdom of heaven. And I don't know if you've ever tried that before. But listen, if if we have an open heart and we're just willing to love people, Jesus will show up and 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 He will do the work. We're just called to testify about our story. This is what God has done for me. That's all I can tell you. Just like the blind man in the Bible, He said, "Hey, who healed you?" He said, "I don't even know. All I know is I once was blind, but now I see." That's what I can tell you. I, I met somebody, and he changed my life, and his name is Jesus, and so we don't lead people, and so Jesus shows up through our love. We we are becoming love to other people, and we don't have to talk people into the kingdom. Our love, our open heart, and so maybe if I illustrate it like this, there's a pizza place that I've been to, and uh, the pizza's not all that great, but I, I like all kinds of pizza, and, uh, and, I, and I typically like all food. I haven't found a whole lot of food I dislike, uh, the pizza's a little bit more on the cardboardy side, and um, but it's a loud pizza place. I mean, one of the loudest places ever. I don't know if you've ever been there, but, but in fact, I, I think this pizza place just generates so much noise, they, they probably, like, sell it. They probably sell it to, like, I don't know, astronauts or something like that, and astronauts do training, you know, with the, the bottled-up noise that comes from this pizza place as they prepare for, like, a rocket launch. Like, they want to train you for how loud this might be, like... And um and I don't they may sell this noise to like heavy metal bands and, and heavy metal bands like c- can sing to this because it's just so loud um you know this this pizza place and so I don't know if you've ever been there um but um the mascot of the pizza place is a rodent and uh and 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 you know it's um I, I just kind of wonder who came up with this marketing uh scheme here that something we would you know put traps around in our house to catch and kill these things and get them out of our house is now the rodent. Um, a mascot of a pizza place. And uh, this, this is not the brightest idea in my mind. But anyhow, um, I don't know if you've been there. But they also have games at this pizza place, right? And you go play games. And back in the old days, you used to get tickets. Now you got a swipe card and all that sort of stuff. But the tickets were kind of the, the, the deal, right? Because you would go, and and I don't know, there was a game I like to play called ski ball, right? You know some ski ball? It's kind of like bowling and darts or something like that. There's little circles, and you roll this ball up the ramp and it goes up and you try to get it in the holes and they're worth uh, certain amounts of points and and then it, it spits the tickets out for you, right? And so I remember going and and uh, I never pushed any kids out of the way to get my tickets or anything like that. And um you know, but I but I tried to gather up these tickets and uh and then you save them up for and you get them in a box and you just you just got a, a bag full of tickets, right? And then I and then I went to exchange my tickets one time, right? And I got I just feel like I'm going to get something awesome, right? And I go to the counter and I bring out all my tickets and 1,000 um, tickets. And, uh, and the guy comes back and says, this is what you get. And he gives me a pencil. And I thought, all oh, that for a pencil? And the pencil didn't even have an eraser. That was another 500 uh, tickets just to get an eraser, right? And it was such a letdown, right? And, um, and, 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 and listen, some of us, we're ticket counters, Right? We're trying to do things for Jesus. We're trying to play games for Jesus just to get a ticket. Some of us think, stay with me now, that by doing good things, we're going to get to trade in our tickets of our good deeds and, and, and get Jesus' face sir, for the forgiveness of our sins. And then we're going to earn his favor and his grace by doing these good things. And so if I pray, if I read my Bible, if I go to church, then, then I'll get the eraser. I'll get to trade that in for the eraser of grace. And, and, and the pastor said, i gotta I got to do evangelism. i got to go share my story. So I'm going to go share my uh, the, my faith with somebody because maybe then I'll get to trade that in. But I need you to know that this is about an open heart that, that has been loved by God and then simply out of the outflow that loves other people. It's not, it's, it's Christians should not be ticket counters, amen, of, of trying to earn up our good deeds to impress God. And that's not what grace is. That's not what the Bible teaches. But the grace of God, the forgiveness of God is offered freely. And because we receive that, He changes our lives, amen. And so we have this open heart that we're becoming loved because we've been loved. We're trying to force things down other people's throats, amen. And by the way, can, can I let you know that when we stop counting tickets, our own tickets to try to please God, You know what else we do? We stop counting other people's tickets. Because, you know, we get into that business, and sometimes that's where evangelism goes all wrong, because we're like, oh, you only got two tickets. I know you're a sinner. And look at your tickets. Where'd you get those? You know, you got the wrong kind of tickets. You got to have my kind of tickets, the right kind of tickets. We're trying to count everybody else's tickets and try to impress and, and, and prove that we're better than other people. But when our hearts are open because of God's love, the outflow of love just comes out of us, amen? And so we're not collecting something that has no value, right? But we become love. And guess what the reward is? Loving other people and receiving God's love is its own reward in and of itself, right? I'm not trying to gain God's favor. And so the first step of becoming like Phil and living a life of impact is to open our hearts. Amen. The second thing is open eyes. What do you need? You need an open heart. And then secondly, open eyes. In fact, just uh, look at your neighbor. And uh and give them some bug eyes real good. Just open your eyes and just just kind of open them real good. Stare at them a little bit, kind of creepy like. Just doing that to make sure some of y'all are, are awake because I couldn't tell because of the way your eyes were a few seconds ago. Some of y'all were I don't know if you needed glasses or uh or if you were looking at the, the back of your eyelids there and studying them. Open eyes. Do, do you see people? When you get up and, and, and in the morning you say, God, my heart is open. I know you've got something for me today. I know you've got a plan for me today. Whatever it is, God, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to walk in it. And, and then you open your eyes and you start. Do you notice people throughout the day? you know Do, do you actually see people? You see, uh, let's look at the text here. Verse 27. Let's see what Philip does here, how he opened his eyes. Verse 27, it says this. It says, he arose and went. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. Check this out, though. He had come to Jerusalem to what? To worship. Uh, most likely, there was a Jewish festival going on, and people would travel along these roads, thousands of people, multiple thousands of people, and the roads would be packed after uh, these festivals, kind of like a big you know, parade, like... Like, you know, Memorial Day, like trying to go down to Pungo for the Strawberry Festival or something like that, you know. I mean, just people all over the road, so thousands of people. And so Philip has been told by the Spirit of God to have an open heart, and he's sitting there on this desert road, and now just thousands of people start coming. Thousands of people start coming, chariots. And, and all of a sudden, Philip is saying, all right, my eyes are open. God, show me. And all of a sudden, he notices, he sees this Ethiopian eunuch who is reading the scripture. And so he opens his eyes to see this man, and he sees what God is doing there, and then God gives him some instructions after that. But I just wonder what would happen if we began to open our eyes to the people around us, right? Maybe it's a person at the cubicle, and all of a sudden you're walking around now with an open heart, with open eyes, and all of a sudden you notice, man, my, my, my coworker at their cubicle, they, they don't have the same countenance today, right? And, and something must be going on there, and, and my eyes are open to that. Maybe it's somebody in the cafeteria at your school and, and all of a sudden you notice, man, they're on the other side of the cafeteria and your eyes are open and you notice that person for the very first time. You've been in school all year long so you're like, wow, that person's been sitting by themselves or I can just tell that somebody's going through a difficult time and, and you notice them or maybe it's a, a neighbor as, as they're walking their dog or taking out the trash and you just notice that person. You have open eyes, amen, in the grocery store, in your neighborhood and God will use you when your eyes are open. In case you're, uh, you know, as, as the verse says there in verse 27, it says that this Ethiopian eunuch there, um, and by the way, a, a eunuch is somebody who has been castrated so that they can work in a king or a queen's court. If you don't know what that means, young people, you can ask your parents. I'm sure they would love to explain that to you later. And, um, and, and this guy works in, in, in what is known as one of the queens of Ethiopia. Um, in her court, and he was in charge of her treasury. But he had come to Jerusalem to worship, meaning he's seeking God some way, and he's and he's trying to figure out, he's trying to understand who God is, but he, but he hasn't been able to, and he has some questions. And so his Philip's eyes are open, and so you've got an open heart, open eyes. The third thing is, open door. Open door, amen. Open door. Philip realizes God has put an open door before him and he simply just goes into that door listen maybe you have bad ideas about evangelism because you've known people that have tried to force stuff down other people's throats listen we're not don't don't go kicking down any doors don't don't force yourself in any doors don't break into that house you just you're just tapping lovingly patiently just seeing is God at work here what's God doing here because I'm joining a conversation God is already having and then when God opens the door We've got to be bold and brave to step through that door, amen? Look at verse 28 with me. Verse 28 with me. You guys still with me? Or do we need to open our eyes again? Amen or roll tide? All right, verse 28. Verse 28 says this. As as he came to Jerusalem to worship, 28 says, and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading what? The prophet Isaiah. And verse 29 says, and listen The Spirit said to Philip, Philip still got his his heart open and listening to what God is saying. The Spirit said to Philip, go over and join his chariot. And so Philip ran over to him, and he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. So he goes over to the chariot, right? And he's sitting next to the chariot. You know, he's walking next to the chariot, and he, he glances over, and he sees this guy. This guy's reading the Bible, He's got a scroll out there because he works for uh, Queen Eucalyptus and his charge. He's got money to have one of these scrolls, which is really expensive at this time. And he's reading the Bible. And Philip says, Man, God told me to go to this street. God now told me to go to this particular chariot. And what do you know? This guy's reading the Bible. Man, it's got to be an open door. And so he just checks. And notice this is how he sees that the door is open. He asks them a question, right? He says, Hey, do, do you understand what you're reading? Do you understand what you're reading? That's him testing to see if the door is open. And then verse 31, the guy replied back to him. He said, how can I unless someone guides me? Ding, 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 ding. ding. Open door, right? I'm trying to read this thing, man, but I really can't figure it out. I wonder if there's somebody that could help me. I bet Philip was like, hold on, hold on. I'm going to call my pastor. Because I'm just Phil. And I can't really tell you about all this stuff, buddy. So wait right there. I'll see if my pastor's available. I'll call my community group leader. I'll call one of the elders and, and see if they can help you because I'm just an average Christian. I, I don't have, my life can't really do anything powerful. I don't have the Holy Spirit in me. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have a story or anything like that. Uh, so I just I hope you just hold on. Yeah. He didn't do that, did he? No. He, he just was faithful in that moment, and then he stepped into his calling of what God asked him to do. Amen? I used to think that we used to have to talk people into the kingdom, right? And I try to kind of force some stuff in the doors. That's not what evangelism is, right? You know, I, I might be playing basketball or something like that, and and the ball would go out of bounds right in the middle of the game. but like, hey, you know what? We all go out of bounds sometimes, and um and the refs got to blow the whistle, and the guys are standing out in the other court like, are we playing the game or what? Right? You know, we might be in the cafeteria eating some cake, and uh, you know, like, mmm, this cake is good, and. Man, you want to know what's really sweet to my lips? The word of the Lord is sweet to my lips. You know, and and it's like I, I I gotta try to like you know get every little thing I can in there, and um and 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 I'm not saying those things are necessarily wrong, but when it's inauthentic, like you guys, like we're playing a basketball game. You know, hey, when the basketball game's over and we're all sitting around drinking some uh, some um, whatever it's called uh, Gatorade, you know, now it's now it's Gatorade Zero, um, and uh you know, and, and we're talking and. And now all of a sudden we get into a conversation, and you start seeing some open doors, and somebody says something about this, and Man, my life's going through this, and now there's a door opening. I don't have to force something in there, because evangelism is not man-made. It doesn't all depend on me. It's God doing the work. I'm just noticing, hey, God just opened the door. Now, there's been other times where God has opened the door, and I just walked on by it. I've, I've blown it. Uh, I, had a, I had a neighbor one time, and um, and uh, she, she, I think I told the story before, but um, I was play with my kids. We had a beautiful park, and I would go there, and I would play, and and I don't do a good job sitting, and so I got to kind of do stuff, and and so I'd chase my kids all around the playground, and we'd we'd play monster or whatever, and I'd turn into a, you know, a zombie, and I'd chase them all around, and they'd fly all over the playground, and I'd do all this crazy stuff, right? And and so we'd be out there almost every Thursday, and just enjoying the springtime. There's a lady who'd walk her dog all, all that same time, and after a few weeks, you know, she came over, she said, I just want to tell you something, I really appreciate the way you play with your kids. I just, i never seen a dad do this before I' never seen somebody you know just really love their kids like you did and uh and the door God was just opening the door for me to share well my heavenly father has loved me so I'm just trying to be you know right just trying to open that door see if it's open and, and I was just like oh thank you you know and and so I have blown it sometimes right I've I've, I've noticed that and I've, try, I've tried it all different ways but I just want you to know that when there's an open door we just boldly walk through it. Amen. And and in fact, you know, as we talk about doors being open, you, you you just test it. You just ask the question to say, God, is. I know you're already working here. And and if not, now, if that eunuch, because notice he asked him a question, right? In, in verse uh, uh, 20, 30, Philip ran over to him, heard, heard Isaiah the prophet, and he said, verse 30, do you understand what you're reading? And verse 31 said, yeah, I understand what I mean. Get away from my chariot, man. You know what that would be? Closed door. Have a nice day. Thanks. Okay, God, what else do you have for me? Right? Right. Closed door. I'm, I'm not trying to push anything on anybody. I'm, I'm just seeing where God is at work because I'm telling you all the time, all the time God is at work and um, and people are wanting and desiring to know this guy was searching out for answers. In fact, one of my other neighbors, one time they, they came to me and, and we were just sitting around talking, having a good old time and they'd had some friends over and their friends belong to another church. And so they knew I was a pastor. Right. And they said, hey, we were in our friend's church and, and the pastor was doing this and like drop kicking people like he jumped off the stage, like two footed, like street fighter thing. It was like, wow. And um, and he was just really in church. Right. And um drop kicking people. And then he and then he was talking about, hey, look, if, I know God has called somebody to give ten thousand dollars today, but you only got five minutes to give ten thousand dollars. Otherwise, you won't get your blessing. And, uh, and, and man, I just felt creepy all of a sudden. I just wanted to make my way out of there. But the ushers were like blocking the door and I didn't think they'd let me out, you know, but I just wanted to get my kids and run. Is that, is that, what do you think about that as a pastor, right? And so I just began to talk to them about there. But, but man, they, God was working in their lives and they hadn't been in church a whole lot before. And they wanted to know, is this a real experience in church? Is this what I should expect? And so God was stirring that up. And so they were asking me about what was going on. And so you wait for the open door, and so I just shared the truth with them uh, about that, and so I can't speak to you about what's on that man's heart, but I can tell you what the Bible says about these things, and then we can talk about Jesus." And um, and so you wait for an open door, and you and you got to test some open doors, right? And that's what he did. And then fourthly is this: so you got open. S- s- follow follow along with me. Ready? You guys with me? open open heart, open eyes, open door. We like we do, and then open your Open your mouth, right? Amen. When when God opens the door, then we bravely walk through it, right? And we testify. We share our story and we share God's story. You, you, you open your mouth. I love the phrase that is attributed to, uh, I believe, St. Francis. I, and I don't know if he said it, but he said, preach the gospel always and use words when necessary. And that's a beautiful thing. But listen, at some point, words are necessary. Otherwise, it's not the gospel we're preaching. And so we have an open heart and we're loving people and they ask for the reason, for the hope that we have, we're able to testify, that we're able to say, yes, this is what God has done for me. Remember how we said we said we get to show and tell God's love, right? Show and tell it. It's not just show and it's not just tell. It's got to be both of those because that's how love comes together. And so we preach the gospel. Look what Philip does. Verse 35. Verse 35 says this. Then Philip opened his mouth. He opened his mouth, beginning with the scripture, and he told him the what? The good news. We're telling people good news. Man, God loves you. God is 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 delighted to forgive you. God's not mad at you. God is mad about you, and he's calling you home. He's calling you to turn from your sins and come to him. Man, God is, there is good news in Jesus Christ. He is desiring to forgive you. You're you're not an outcast. You don't have to to stand condemned. But God loves you. Verse 36, it says, As they were going along the road, they came to some water. And notice who says it. The eunuch says it, right? The eunuch says, See, here's some water. What prevents him from being baptized? God's already been working. He knows he should have been baptized. So he commanded the chariot to stop. Verse 38, They both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. So he opened his mouth. We have to open our mouths about Jesus telling our story and sharing God's story. You have to use words. Amen? So I'm reminded of the story. Maybe you've heard it before. It's, it's very common. It's, it's called the starfish story. <clears throat> it's about a young boy who's on the beach, on the shore of the beach, and a storm happened, and a major tide had come in. You just washed, like, thousands, tens of thousands of starfish all over the shore. And this young boy is there just picking up starfish, just tossing them back into the water because as the sun comes up, it's going to drive those starfish, and they're going to die. You've heard the story before. And there's an old gentleman. He walks out on the beach every morning. He sees this young boy there. He sees tens of thousands of starfish that surrounding the beach. And he goes up to the young boy. He's like, hey, what are you, what are you doing, man? And, and the little boy's like, man, I'm, I'm saving these starfish. And he's just picking them up, you know, you know, just trying to do my job, sir. And uh, and, and the young man goes, uh, the older gentleman, excuse me, says this. Hey, why are you doing that? You're, you're wasting your time. There's tens of thousands of them. There's only one of you. And as he picks up and throws in that one, he goes, I made a difference to that one. I made a difference to that one. I mean, I'm not here to save them all, but there's one person I can make a difference in their life. Amen? And so who is your one? And so a few weeks ago, we asked you to, to identify the name of somebody in your circle, in your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors, your classmates, in your on your sports team that, that needs extra love, that needs to know about the love of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you. In fact, if you haven't got one of those, there are little bookmarks you can get and just some great scriptures to pray over this month. And, uh, and began intentionally loving that person. But it's also this. Sometimes God it's whoever the one person is that God puts in front of you, amen? Whoever it is that day, you don't have to make a difference to the tens of thousands of people in the world, but it's just that one. Philip just focused on the one. And, and what historians tell us is that this Ethiopian eunuch now went down back to Africa and started one of the earliest churches in Ethiopia, still in existence Today, the the Coptic Christians that are in that part of Africa there. And historians would say that it was this Ethiopian union who now spread the gospel there in Africa and then changed his country and arguably could say began the gospel spreading there on the entire continent of Africa. Because Philip just focused on one person. He didn't have all the answers. He wasn't some great uh, you know, pastor. He was an average everyday person who simply had an open heart, open eyes, looked for open doors, and then simply opened his mouth. Amen? And I wonder well, what would happen if, if not two out of ten Plaza family members, but eight out of ten. Just every day in our lives, at work, just open our mouth, just have an open heart, just become love to the people that are right in front of you. What would that look like? How would that change our city? How would that change your school? How would that change your family. Amen. And knowing that we don't have to talk people into Jesus, Jesus brings people to Jesus. We're just joining that conversation. as we become love, how would God use you? Amen. And so I also wonder that maybe there are some of us here today that, that you're like, Hey, this is the reason why I don't like Christians. Maybe you're here today and, and, and a, a friend invited you or something like that. You're like, this is the reason I don't like Christians because they're, they're pushy. Well, uh, I, I hate to tell you this, but again, most Christians are going to be quiet and, um, like the two out of out of ten. And so you don't have to worry too much, right? And I apologize for the ones that have been too pushy. But those who are pushy, hopefully they've been motivated by love to let you know. Notice that at the end of the verse in verse 39, right, verse 39, what did it say about the Ethiopian eunuch? He went away rejoicing. And I can tell you, my life. That although I didn't like being confronted with the gospel, with the people, the members of Plaza, the average everyday members of Plaza, the the Kula family and and many of those people, as they confronted me with the gospel, I I didn't really like it, but I went away rejoicing. And I was so grateful that they had an open heart to me. They opened their eyes and they opened their mouth and told me the truth about Jesus. And and now I am where I am and I'm rejoicing because of them. But but if you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with with Christ, we, we would invite you to know him personally, amen? Maybe you're a lot like this man this this eunuch and 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 here's the amazing thing about this eunuch because he was searching for God, he was seeking him out, but maybe you know this maybe you don't know about eunuchs is that they weren't looked upon very great, obviously because they had to be castrated. You know what that meant? We don't trust you to be around these people, right, so we got to help you out to make sure you don't do anything inappropriate so so we're gonna make you a eunuch, but also in the Jewish culture. And in the Old Testament, they couldn't participate fully in worship. They were sort of outcast Because they were a eunuch, they couldn't enter into the main part of the temple worship. And so they were outcasts. And so I bet this eunuch is wondering, like, is there a place for me? Does God love me? And, and he's searching out the scriptures, and he's reading this passage, and he wants to know, and then he reads this passage about Isaiah. And, and, and I mean, reads this passage in Isaiah about Jesus. And he learns that Jesus went to the cross for him, and the new covenant— and 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 sometimes we get this idea that look, God will draw a circle around people he loves, like you know, good people, like church people, like nice people, and 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 the people he doesn't love, they get a big X, right? But I want you to know that when God drew a circle around the people he loves, He drew it around the whole world. He drew it upon every person. The Bible says, John 3:16, for God so loved the world, there's no person who's too far gone. There's no person that that whatever they've done. It's, that circle is, is drawn, and God is saying, everybody's welcome. Here's the beautiful thing. If, if you're familiar with the Bible, um, I'll tell you something really deep and theological. You guys ready for it? The eunuch was reading Isaiah 53. You ready for this? Do you know what comes after Isaiah 53? Isaiah 54. Y'all, y'all got it. You're ready now. Check. It's deep theological stuff. After Isaiah 54 comes Isaiah 55 and then after Isaiah 55 comes Isaiah oh that's amazing thank you y'all y'all counted better than I did on stage with these people the, the 10 people that I couldn't seem to keep track of and um and if you read Isaiah 56 we'll put it up on the screen God has and I don't know if Philip did this right maybe he did maybe he didn't but it's right next to it. maybe he just kept reading with them but it says this right for thus says the Lord Isaiah 56 for says for thus says the Lord to the eunuchs to the eunuchs who keep my sabbaths who choose the things that please me and hold fast to my covenant I will give you a house and within my walls a monument and a name better better than sons and daughters and I will give them an everlasting name that won't be cut off eunuchs were cut off literally okay but they were cut off from worship they were cut off from being welcomed they, they, were, they were on the outside, and he must have thought, God doesn't want me, right? But God loves everybody, prostitutes, liars, thieves, drunkards, addicts, homosexual offenders, prideful, arrogant, liars. And your identity is not wrapped up in the stuff you do, amen? Okay? He was thinking, I am damaged goods, and, and, and I can't ever have a family. And back in those days, having a family was so important, and being able to have kids and have generations that come after you I mean, was like the only thing worth living for. And this guy said, I can't do that. I I can't have any purpose in life. I'm a childless one. I have no future. I have no hope. I'm untrusted. I'm unwelcomed. I won't have a family. I don't belong. And here, I wonder if Philip told him, no, man, because of Jesus, because of Isaiah 53 and this one who came and took upon uh, our our sin, you have a place in a new covenant. And, And God is willing to give you a new name. Amen. Look what it says there. I will give in my house. You're welcome in my house, right? And I'm here to let you, if you don't know Christ personally, you are welcome in God's house, amen? I I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I'm here to let you know that God would delight to give you something better than whatever you've been searching for in life. Religion won't be able to satisfy you. No amount of possessions or success will satisfy you, but only Jesus, amen? And this eunuch was searching that. He was trying to go to Jerusalem. He was trying to go to worship, and he left, and the festival didn't do it for him. And so he's reading the Bible, trying to search, and then he finds out about Jesus. And I'm here to let you know that your identity is in it as a child of God. You get a new name, a name greater than whatever you've been seeking. And you can trade in who you used to be, amen? You can trade in who you used to be for who God sees you becoming. That's what it means to become a follower of Jesus. You surrender to him. And he says, you're not a eunuch anymore. You're not untrustworthy. You're not unwelcome anymore. You're my child. Let me tell you who you really are, amen? So we'd invite you to turn and trust Christ, to repent from your sins, and to believe in him and what he did for you on the cross. And so we're going to have a time of response. We're going to get to respond in, in song and singing, get to re- respond through prayer. And I'm going to ask that, that we pray right now before that response time. So if you bow your heads with me, and eyes closed, heads bowed, father bothering their neighbor. And as we think about God's goodness, Father, I just want to pray for all of us, Lord, for the believer and, and for those here who are not believers, God, that you would empower and encourage the believers to know they have a story and their story, God, you want to use it. Introvert stories, extrovert stories, young stories, old stories, middle aged stories, college student stories, teenager stories and high school and middle schoolers, retired people's stories. Cashier stories and business women's stories. Stories that are able to change lives. So I just pray Father, you would encourage us. But also pray for those in here who need Christ. They're like the Ethiopian eunuch. And, and they may feel cut off from God. Maybe they would just have a little prayer. Maybe this is you. You know God has been speaking to you and you need Christ. You need a relationship with Him. And maybe you would just pray there in your seat and you would say something as simple as this. You would say... Jesus, I know that I've sinned against you. You would just say that quietly in your heart. Jesus, I know that I've sinned against you. And I ask that you'd forgive me of my sins. Then you would say, Thank you, Jesus, for welcoming me into your family. And you might say something like this just quietly in your heart. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe that you died on the cross for me to take my place. And so I surrender my life to you. I believe that you rose from the dead and that you are the Son of God. And so help me, Jesus, to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name.